recorded live. Hey, everybody. This is Stefan Gonick. This is our monthly live Q&A call where I'll be answering your questions about your dating life, you know, working on finding love, as well as helping you if you are in a relationship. You know, I have help for you available every step of the way, including after you successfully find somebody. So, uh, you know, as, as usual, we have I have questions that were emailed to me. I have people live on the call. If you're and if you're live on the call, you can be live one of two ways. You could have either phoned in or you may be, you know, listening online. If you then uh, to raise your hand to let me know that you'd like to talk, you press star eight, and I'll see that you'd like to talk, and then I'll call on you. And if you're listening online, then you just type in your chat messages. So it's often the case that the people online are not ready to go immediately, so I'm just going to go ahead and start with one of my email questions. Okay, so the first stay-at-home mom and financially dependent on my dad who controlled her. I was spoiled a lot growing up, and even when I left home for college, my parents supported me. My family is in business for themselves, so I've received, quote, passive income and only worked in corporate for a short time before venturing off into entrepreneurship. As an, as an international person, I had working permit restrictions, but still stay in the country because I from my family's business. I always had boyfriends that would spoil me. Could it be that I've taken my mother's dependent energy? Uh, my dad believes if you're dependent financially on your husband that you'll be abused. I don't believe this, but that's what he... That's what he has done, so he'll see the world through his eyes. What are your beliefs, and what should I do about this? Should I tap on it? Um, and then this last bit here that says, I completed grad school and have several certifications because I had free time, so wanted to be productive. To this day, I'm taking Reiki online classes and project management classes, exercise daily too. I created and published a book that's an Amazon finger-looking different it's a book that's on, oh, sorry. I created and published a book that's on Amazon. It's called Finger Looking Different and spent five years creating a new unique game uh, prototype. I took prerequisite uh, prerequisite class exam uh, at Harvard Online too. I've always been driven, but mostly the finances came from my family. Okay. So have you taken on your mother's dependent energy? Um, well, the situation is whether you took on hers, if it came from her or not, it may have just come from your family situation. But if you are continuing to be supported, I don't, I don't know how old you are at this point, then that places you dependent on your family at least. Uh, I don't know what repercussions it has. Like you said that your father is very controlling of your mother. Um when people support us financially, they often feel like they have a right to tell us what to do, how to live our life, what to you know, what to do with our life, stuff like that. So I don't know. You didn't say in your question whether or not your father is doing that with you as well. But you know, if your family is, is kind of supporting you financially, he might feel entitled to do that. And you, if he does try and do that, it might be scary for you to stand up to him if you feel like he could just you know cut off your financial support. So there's that. 
in terms of being, you know, being in a marriage where you're financially dependent on your husband and your dad's claim that, um, you know, that you'll be abused, I also do not agree with your dad that you'll necessarily be abused. What I can say is that your situation with your husband is much more, you know, what's like this, the kind of relationship you have with your husband, whether or not he's abusive or controlling or whatever, uh, is much less dependent on whether or not he supports you financially and much more dependent on how you stand up for yourself in your relationship. If you stand up for yourself from the very beginning and have boundaries and say, and don't let him, you know, let somebody tell you what to do or be controlling of you, then he won't. You know, people who are controlling people will only marry somebody who will, who they can control. So if you're not controllable from the very beginning, you know, if the guy is a controlling type person, then he will find you unattractive, right? He won't do it. Uh, he won't actually want to marry you. Um, so the best way, and, and I don't mean like rigidly, no, you can't tell me what to do. I just mean simply that you stand up for yourself and you view your relationship as a partnership where neither person controls, is controlling or controlled. So it's just equal. It's a relationship of, of equal and power department. I mean, there are situations where the, you know, the husband makes all the money and yet the woman has all the power in the relationship. So it's not so much about the money. I mean, it's certainly the case that there are women who depend on their husband's income who feel like they're in a weak position, therefore. But I would say they probably felt like they're in a weak position, period. You know, that, that, that was an outcome of their childhood. Um, so the most important thing here is that you act like an equal, you treat yourself as an equal, you treat your husband as an equal rather than a superior, you know, then you're not going to be abused, you'll not be controlled, stuff like that. So I don't know where, you know, I, I would need more background to, to say more about that. It's too bad you're not on the call here, but anyway, that's my answer. Uh, one of the things you are doing is you're doing a lot of training, looking at your last paragraph of your question, uh, which is great. And then the question is, when do you stop training and start doing stuff? So, you know, you, you, you say that you like the idea of being, being an entrepreneur, which is fantastic. You know, I'm an entrepreneur, obviously. And every entre entrepreneur has to, you know, take action, <laughs> you know, be an entrepreneur, start doing stuff. And the wonderful thing about your situation is that, you know, you don't have to deal with all the anxiety of starting up a business, trying to support yourself as fast as possible. You know, you do have that cushion of being supported already, and that's great. And at the same time, uh, you know, well, that makes it more relaxing to get your business started and to build it up gradually because you're not, you know, you don't have that pressure of having to support yourself financially. The one thing you have to be careful of, though, in your case, is if you have some sort of agreement with your parents that they will support you financially until you can support yourself, there could be a subconscious part of you that doesn't want to ever support yourself, like to have a successful business because you then they'll stop supporting you and that might feel insecure. You know, even though they would probably support you again if you ever got into a financial difficulty, but there can be a subconscious part of you that might be scared of becoming independent. So you may want to ask yourself that. 
But I don't want to get too much into the financial, you know, being an entrepreneur part because this is, you know, about finding love, not building your business. So anyway, I think that pretty much answers your questions. All right. So people live on the call, star eight, if you phoned in to let me know you want to talk. Or you know, just go ahead and type your question through the chat box if you're listening online. And I will I'll be happy to answer you guys. And so far as nobody's doing anything, so I will go ahead and answer the second email question. Okay. So this person says <clears throat> the self appreciation assignment is going very well. Okay, that's great. Very glad to hear that. Uh, I am only, and then she wrote, uh, I am only able to get one visualization in before work. I'm noticing that all of my, uh, quote, kids, I assume she means her sort of internal kids, are pretty joyful. But after the exercise, I have a recurring issue of feeling pissed off at the unfairness of the family situation I was dealt with, that was dealt, which can't really be directed at a person. We haven't talked about expressing healthy anger towards God, but that is what I feel like doing. How do I get over the, quote, this wasn't fair hurdle? Um, you actually can do that. You can direct your healthy anger at God um, because it does feel unfair. And I think it's really great to vent all that anger. You know, as we all know, healthy anger is what we feel in direct response to anything that feels unfair or unjust. So if you felt like you were dealt an unfair hand growing up, you know, by, you know, being born to that family, whatever, which feels kind of like a, something that God did or the universe, or however you want to think about it, then yes, you know, you can do that. And I would highly encourage you to do that, in fact, because there's this anger that's been sitting inside you around this feeling of unfairness and you can get it all out and come to and you will, once you do that, once you, you know, vent the anger while tapping, of course, uh, you will eventually get it all out. You know, it's not going to be some, un, you know, forever unlimited anger. It's going to be finite. The amount of anger is finite, even if it feels like a lot. But if you just keep venting it until it feels done, then you'll feel a much greater sense of peace and resolution and acceptance and things like that. So I would I would highly encourage you to do that. Tap on the unfairness of it all and the anger and express the anger. And do it out loud. Don't just kind of fume inside your head. Stomp around, yell, kick things, hit things, you know. Really get into it as full bodied way as you can. That helps you get through it um, more fully, more quickly actually. So absolutely. Okay. All right, online people, here's your chance again, star eight. If you want to uh, ask me a question on your phone or just type your chat message if you're listening online. Um, I only have one more email question, so if nobody asks a question during the call after this one last email question, then we'll just end the call early. So, okay, well, moving on to the last email question. Um, this person wrote, I tapped with your awesome program for six months and I've got lots of dates and I had so much experience and fun that I never had before. 
Before this program, I couldn't even find any girl to date, and all of them were unavailable. I want to thank you deeply for all of this. So first of all, you are very welcome, and uh, I am delighted to hear that. That is that is the whole point of my program. So it's wonderful to hear that you've been having so much better experiences. That's great. Um, okay, so now the moving on to the question part of the question. Um, recently, one of my dates has led to a more emotional relationship, and after I felt uh, I after I felt that I liked the person, I had broken up with her. I honestly was afraid of being attached to her, although she was far from partner anyways. Another issue <clears throat> is that I have previously come out about five years ago, and I was sure about that. But I recently think that I might like men too. All in all, I'm confused about what I want. I can't say who is my ideal partner anymore. Now I wanted to ask you what should I do and how long should I tap in order to be ready for a relationship? And what should I focus on when I'm tapping in order to make some positive changes? Okay, so you have a very interesting situation that you identified as a lesbian. So I got a feeling what's going on here. Now, <clears throat> since you're not on the call with me and I can't kind of have a dialogue with you, I'm going to have to give you my best guess just based on what you wrote. But here's what I think is going on. Some people become homosexual because well, don't really become it. They're born that way, and that's just that's just who they are, right? It's a it's an innate quality they have from birth, right? However, there is a category of people who, you know, maybe they're born maybe more bisexual or just are more open or whatever, but they become homosexual or in your case lesbian because having a relationship, a more traditional relationship with the opposite sex actually feels threatening for various reasons. You know, sometimes it could be it could be because of stuff that happened with dad if you're a woman, uh, or sometimes it could be it could be because of some really painful stuff that happened in your earliest relationships in say high school or something like that. Um, I have a actually have a friend who who identifies as lesbian, uh, though in high school she did date some guys, but she had some a super painful experience with the first guy that she was really you know had, really had sex you know that that it went that far she had a really bad experience and she never wanted to have sex with a guy again and was focused on women and then much later in life she worked through that experience and and then realized that she was actually bisexual and she started having sexual relationships with both men and women. So she did end, she did end up marrying a woman ultimately. Um, so that kind of thing can happen. And I'm wondering if there is something in you that has an issue around safety uh, around a really intimate, close, connected relationship. Because in the first, you know, when you're using the program initially, you know, before that, you you sounds like you weren't really having, you know, able to be with anybody, and the people you were attracted to were unavailable, which is a way of keeping you safe subconsciously. So you can we can be attracted to unavailable people for one of two reasons. <clears throat> Excuse me. Either because we had an unavailable partner, right, being attracted to the negative trait of the parent, so that's obviously the most 
common reason. But another reason we can become attracted unavailable people is because deep down we're afraid of intimacy. So being attracted to unavailable people keeps us safe. Now, it sounds like you worked through it, the program, enough to feel safe enough to actually start dating people and, and getting together with people. And so you've been getting together with lots more people and, and dating and having fun and all that stuff, and which is wonderful. But now as you're trying to take it to the next level where it's not about just kind of having fun dating but getting more serious and getting more intimately connected, this deeper level of fear is coming up for you. And this deeper level of fear made you break up with the person that you liked, that you were feeling close to because you're afraid of being attached. So that's key. I'm afraid of being attached. That's the part that made me think that I think there's a safety issue here for you, that there's something about being attached, being really close and intimate <clears throat> that feels scary and or unsafe. And now you're starting to think maybe you like men as well as women. You know, working through the program as much as you've done so far, I'm thinking that probably partially addressed the safety issue to the point where you can date, can see people, and now maybe you're also open to men. But you haven't worked through it, through it enough that you're able to stay in an intimate relationship because as you get closer and get deeper into the relationship, it starts feeling scary and or unsafe again. So <clears throat> rather than focusing on whether or not you like men or women, I would try and get in touch with what is it about being attached that's scary? Is it afraid of being attached to her? What is it that's scary about being attached? Sit with that question and write down as much as you can because the first answer you come up with may or may not be the, the truest root cause of it or the crux of it. And sometimes even if you do get answers like, okay, I'm afraid of this, this, and this, you might want to go deeper even with those answers. Like you know, the first one, I'm afraid of X. Well, what's scary about X? You know, Take it even deeper. So for each one, try and start with as a long a list as you can. Like get in touch with as many things as you can about what's scary about being attached, and that may give you the answer. And if it doesn't jump out at you, then go deeper with each answer. Okay, so what's scary about this scariness, right? I'm scary of being attached for this reason, So, and what's scary about that reason? Why is that scary? Go deeper again. And you can keep going deeper. You can keep challenging the question and go, okay, and if that's true, what's scary about that? Let's go deeper still. The, so the goal is what is at the deepest bottom level, what is really scary for you about attached and really intimate with somebody, anybody, whichever, regardless of the gender. I don't think the gender is what's significant here. I think it's the fear of being attached, fear of being close and intimate at a really deep level. So that's what I would focus my attention on. And that will guide you as to what to tap on. Because if you get in touch with what's scary, you can start looking at, okay, and where does this come from in my childhood? Right? Like, just, I have no idea if this applies to you. But, for instance, if it's scary being attached because you're afraid that you'll lose your independence, that because you'll be controlled or you'll have to do whatever the other person wants, then you go, okay, and who, who did I feel controlled by or who did I feel like I had to do whatever they wanted when I was growing up? And again, that's what, that's what will guide you as to where to do the tapping. We always want to take it back to childhood and, um, you know, the root cause memories of our fears. Now, if you did have a super, you know, if you did date guys in high school and you had a particularly pain with some guy like my friend did, then you would definitely want to address that and tap on that experience. 
Um, you may find if you heal that fully that you, you are now fully bisexual and you're, you'd be happy to go either way just depending on who the person is. That may be true. But as I say, I'm truly not concerned about which gender you're attracted to. I think what's much more relevant is um, what's so scary about being attached. Because obviously there's a party that wants to be attached. That's why you got the program. But there's obviously also a party that's scared of being attached. So that's where to go. All right. Um, so that's the last of my email questions. So again, people who are on live, does anybody want to ask a question? Star 8 if you're on the phone or just tap type in a chat message just to ask your question that way if you're listening online. And I'm going to give you guys a moment to decide whether or not you're going to ask a question. And lots of times people like to just listen to the questions live and hear the answers. Um, and uh, that happens every time, though usually at least there's some people who want to ask your questions live. Uh, I do want to mention, uh, this came up uh, in the last call a month ago, but <clears throat> just like to mention uh, two new products I created that I think could be a wonderful supplement to the Breakthrough Program. One of them is called Fearless Dating, and it's it's a very focused program. It's also very inexpensive. It's only $47. That's just focused on addressing our friction in a dating situation. You know, that's something that we all struggle with in dating. Even when you do all sorts of other deep healing work, we can still have that fear of rejection as we go on dates. And that fear of rejection can make us uh, feel insecure, feel scared, obviously, and uncomfortable and it makes it hard to and be ourselves. So I created that product for that very situation based on a breakthrough that I had for myself around that. And then I also have another new product, which is $97. <clears throat> and this is these are both intro prices, by the way. That product is going to go up to um, $197 after it's been out for a while. Um, and this one is called Self-Love to Soulmate. And you know, in the Breakthrough Program, we have that one exercise to help us you know, feel better about ourselves, which is that self-appreciation exercise, um, which is also in the product. So there's a little, little bit of over, overlap there. But I also have four tapping processes that are directly about helping us um, build our self-love. And uh, people find it a great supplement to the Breakthrough Program to you know, strengthen that part of us, to help us feel better about ourselves feel more confident and you know one of the most attractive qualities any person can have is somebody who's comfortable in their own skin and confident and feels good about themselves in a healthy way not arrogant but you know just they feel confident comfortable being themselves that's that's so attractive and that's what we ideally want to be able to do again out in the dating world so part of it is you know addressing the fear of rejection but the other an even deeper level is also just developing self-love and being comfortable and confident with ourselves. So those are both on the website at singletosoulmate.me. Um, and I just want to share that with everybody. And nobody has raised their hand or typed any chat message to me after all that. So I guess we will end the call early. Going once. Going twice. Going three times. And I'll see you next month in May. Bye, everybody.